0: The Florida Gators landed two commitments this past weekend for the 2025 class. We're going to talk about that today with Brian Smith here on Locked On Gators.
1: You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Uh, hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast. Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcasts and on YouTube. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country. NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON for $20 off your first purchase. We are about to be joined by Brian Smith of Locked On Seminoles. Unfortunately, he is the host there, not a Seminoles fan. Don't worry about that. But he's also Locked On's Recruiting Insider. So here is Brian Smith. Mm-hmm. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we get into it, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to. Faster, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. Terms and conditions do apply. And Brian, there was a a little bit of a busy weekend for the Florida Gators this past weekend. Added two commits who we'll talk about both of them and and just the 2025 class in general. But let's start off with Jalen Wiggins. He's the most recent commit. He's the highest rated commit now in the Florida Gators 2025 class. Uh ranked 56 nationally on 24-7. What's your opinion of Jalen Wiggins?
1: He can play the weak side or strong side in. He might end up getting big enough to move inside, but like watching his film, he plays at a two-point stance, a three-point stance. He'll play head up. He can play on the shade right or left. It doesn't matter. He's got a lot of power. He's 235, 240, strong as an ox, and he can run. This is the kind of kid that Florida's supposed to get. And I'm sure if if you're not a Gators fan, I'll I'll let you in on this. He's from Tallahassee. So that's probably an extra little bonus for for Florida Gator fans. So grew up in the shadow of Florida State University, but decided to pick Florida. And he was high on them when I met him last summer at the Under Armour event down in Bradenton. He brought up, you know, he's pretty high on Florida, but I didn't know he was going to commit this early. So give kudos to the UF staff. They've done a good job because this is a kid that you can help center your defense around He has that kind of talent. He could play for any school in the country, no question. And they got him early, man. I'm I'm not trying to pull the rug from underneath Gator fans because this happened last year in another way, but I'd rather him commit than not. So, you know what? Anytime you can get a kid that's an upper echelon SEC player in January, it's a good day.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned that he's played two-point stands, three-point stands. Do you think he's someone that at the college level or specifically at the SEC level, could play at a two-point stance as well. Can he be that jack linebacker for those who don't know what two-point stance is?
1: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it just depends on how much his body grows. It, it's always the projection. Again, he's got another year of high school. Jalen's probably going to be 260, 270. I mean, I don't know. Does he want to be that guy that really has to watch his diet to stay that? Because after that, you're you're just putting your hand in the dirt. Because eventually you gotta you gotta cover some. It's hard enough at the weight he's at now to cover somebody. If you get up over 250, then you hit 260, it gets pretty, pretty difficult. Maybe it's just situationally where he's only attacking when he's in a two point stance, and maybe they zone drop him, you know, zone fire, those kinds of things. But otherwise, he's just a good athlete, man. He can change direction, break down, go right or left, and chase down a running back that's much smaller than him. You can't teach that. It's God-given. Is he someone that you think can
0: play early on? Especially looking at how Florida has handled recruiting recently. I mean, they've done decently at at that, specifically that like strong side edge spot. I feel like there's so many kids that we've talked about where it's like, yeah, he could play that, whether you're looking at the 2023 or 2024 classes like LJ McCray, Kelby Collins, that kind of mold. Is he someone that you think can play early?
1: from a physical standpoint, yeah. And he's a good young man that's pretty wholesome. I don't think he's going to be mentally challenged by the playbook and take it the wrong way. He'll embrace it. He'll get after it. He just wants to play. He's not a guy that's really a big prima donna or any of those things. He's he's not like, I'm the God's gift because I, I have these natural traits. He's easy going. So you put the two together. Yeah, he can play. Now the question is, who plays where? Like, Kelby Collins would be two years ahead of it. Do I think he's going to beat him out? Probably not. But at the same time, that doesn't mean he can't play. And the SEC, Brandon, as you well know, if you don't have depth on the D-line, that does not go well. So these are the kinds of kids you have to get every single year. When Florida was rolling under Spurrier, under Meyer, et cetera, these are the kinds of kids they always got, and that's why they won. Can't have enough defensive linemen.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, him being recruited by Mike Peterson as well as Gerald Chapman kind of shows that you know you're recruited by the edge outside linebackers coach edge coach and the defensive line coach i think that shows that you know they're they're planning on using you multiple ways or at least that's how i would take it if you're being recruited by two different position coaches i'd imagine you're going to contribute at both but you mentioned specifically his personality you know doesn't think he's god's gift and he's rather humble how does that play into uh these next 11 months where florida's got a we're expecting Rocky waters at some point uh, during this season. How, how does that play into that? If you're Florida, like not even saying, Oh, you know, any coaching change that may happen, but just 11 months is a long time to have to deal with. I'm assuming specifically Florida state is going to be trying to, uh, trying to turn his head over here.
1: I don't know because it's such a weird year for Billy and that group. They need to win that Miami game. If they don't win that Miami game, we'll have all kinds of conversations in general, recruiting being one. But here's the thing. When I met him, I had no idea which institutions he was interested in. Florida was one of the first schools. if not the first one he mentioned to me. And he's from Tallahassee. He's got some kind of connection there or just wanted to get away. He might be too close to Florida state. Cause like he lives down the street kind of thing. So sometimes it's just that way. But again, if they go four and eight next year, do I think he's going to end up at Florida? No, they've got to do better than they did this year. That is the same thing I will tell you on every single kid. And I highly doubt that you disagree with that. Telling you, it's you're a realist. Look, you got to win more next year. Billy's not going to be there. That's not any, that's not any news flash on the, on the Florida Gators podcast. It's, you know, Lockdown Gators is pretty honest. And I think Florida fans are, are honest about this too, but it is a good sign. Their coaches are still putting in a lot of effort because this kid could go to numerous schools and he still picked Florida 11 months ahead of signing day.
0: Yeah, um, I said that in 2023, I thought that Arkansas game was so important because it was your bowl eligibility game. It was your best chance. And I don't think you can go two years in a row not being bowl eligible at the University of Florida. Really tough schedule in 2024. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are unfortunately soon going to wrap up. The NBA, well underway. And MLB, a few months away. Can't wait for it. Get it on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Place a $5 bet. That's it. It's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose, throw it on something crazy. And hey, if it's, you know, plus 20,000 odds and you throw five bucks on it, then guess what? If it loses, you get 150 bucks in bonus bets. If it wins, you get that payout and 150 bucks in bonus bets. I'm just saying, visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. And Remember that FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Florida did get another commitment this past weekend in Josiah Abdullah, wide receiver out of Woodward Academy. How do you, Or well, listed as an athlete, but Florida's like, yeah, receiver. Uh, how do you feel about him?
1: I saw him play in the state title game. He's athletic. He's an after-the-catch player. He's a kick returner. He's basically the guy that you look to get the football to. He's the best player on their offense last year, in my opinion, because his playmaking ability and take a six-year play and make it a 60 is is a possibility. The thing about him that's ironic is he reminds me of some of the guys that Spurrier had during his heyday in the 90s. And if you're an old-school Gators fan, you remember how many guys they had that made defenders miss. Abdul is one of those. I don't know exactly how they'd use him. He could probably play slot or flanker, but you just got to get the football in his hands. Screens, reverses, anything, you could do that. And he's about 5'11", 6'0". So, yeah, he's a good football player, man. And Woodward Academy in Atlanta, they've had kids forever. That's a program that everybody recruits in the South. Florida State just got a good one. And, again, they got him early. They got him in January. That shows, especially you're getting an out-of-state kid, that's a good sign for UF.
0: Yeah, Florida's kind of stacked their receiver room in players with a similar mold. So I'm just curious, how do do you feel about that, where Florida, they don't have much size at receiver right now, but they have a ton of these – sub six foot, sub 185 pound receivers that, I mean, I've called them speed demons nonstop. You talk about the Eugene Wilson's, you talk about Andy Jean, you talk about Aiden Mizell's a bit taller, but still just straight speed, Tank Hawkins, TJ Abrams. They've stacked their receiver room with that kind of talent. Is that a sustainable approach? Cause I mean, yeah, if you can get them all in space, which you ideally do, then sure, but is that a sustainable approach in your opinion to just stack those speedy guys?
1: Well, somebody's got to block from the tight end position and the boundary receiver position. So to a certain degree, no. But I mean, the transfer portal can be part of your answer to that. They need to get one or two guys to come in that are probably big. Everybody wants the 6'4", 220 receiver. Fantastic. They're not exactly hanging around on the street corner in Gainesville just waiting to be asked to enroll there. They don't necessarily have to have it, but you got to do something out there. Maybe they use some tight ends out there. I don't know, but this is the year. They got to get one of those guys. It's a bigger body guy that is a natural boundary receiver, but all the speed, I mean, I would assume they're just going to let the kind of cards play out. Maybe one of those kids leaves that it's, you know, doesn't get much playing time. It's hard to say, but they got enough options. They should be okay. It's in man. Speed never really goes out of style either. Who knows? Maybe one of them ends up playing in the secondary. What do I know the Gators need help there too.
0: Yeah. And looking at Josiah Abdullah, he's someone who we, we kind of texted about this when he committed to Florida because it wasn't a commitment that I was expecting this weekend. Um, he's ranked as a three-star. He's like not nationally ranked on 24 seven, but looking at his offer list, I mean, according to 24-7, he's got 50 offers right now. And you look at Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, there's a ton of SEC programs on there. Is it safe to assume that he's the kind of kid who's going to be, I mean, a, a riser through this process?
1: If he doesn't go up, then what's going on based on the offer list? At some point, there has to be a little bit more of a meeting. So, yeah, his, his ranking will probably go up. You don't have to watch much of his film, and I saw him live too, but you watch a few clips of his film, it's the same thing. Not many guys are going to run with him. He has really good hands, and he makes people miss. It's it's not rocket science. You need kids like that on your roster.
0: Looking at Flora's approach to that receiver position, like I mentioned, you know, they tend to get a lot of these shorter, fast guys like the Eugene Wilson III who got multiple freshman All-American accolades, All-SEC accolades, is that kind of a way to introduce receivers that can contribute from day one? It, it's like, yeah, you're you're undersized, but, like, you're fast as hell. And as long as we get the ball in your hands, you can be a, a day one contributor. So, like we mentioned, like like Eugene Wilson III, like Tank Hawkins is probably going to play, especially when you mentioned, uh, you know, get them the ball and, and reverses and sweeps and screens. And, like, Billy Napier's done that. He, he just he just spammed it with, with Eugene Wilson third in 2023. He was like, hey, every play you're running either jet motion or you're faking a reverse or an end around. So is that a way where you can kind of make sure that you get true freshman receivers that can contribute early on?
1: That's one way to look at it. I mean, you could rotate more guys, do it. I mean, Eugene's really good. But maybe you'll just have more guys doing that role next year and you can use Wilson in a little more of a traditional role and then occasionally he doesn't. I think if you're Florida, it's a good option to have. <laughs> Maybe they'll throw him the ball beyond five yards from the line of scrimmage. What do you think, Brandon? What are the <laughs> Get the options? F out of here. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Look, I know Florida fans had a few Twitter moments over that. I've heard rumors. But at the same time, they need to have more guys that are respected by the opposing defense to make it work really well. Eugene included. They all got to get better this year. There's plenty of speed, but now who plays where and who plays well together? Florida has the makings with a six-year senior quarterback to be pretty good in the passing game. Might help to have a little better offensive line this year. Just going to throw that out there. But the skill position talent is there. I mean, they got a track team at receiver. If you've got injuries in the secondary, or have a a specific player at safety that's, eh, Florida could cause a lot of problems next year. I'm kind of curious to see if they, I mean, just kind of flip the script. Maybe they go from the team that never throws 10 yards to the team that throws 15-yard dig routes on third and four. Who knows? Stranger things have happened.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that they're kind of just like, maybe maybe we sacrifice Graham Mertz's, 90% 90% completion percentage or whatever absurd thing it was. And they actually throw the ball a little bit further because uh, Eugene Wilson III in 2023, average depth of target, 2.8 yards past the line of scrimmage. Um, we'd like to see him, you know, play receiver a little bit more. Billy, just throwing that one out there. Just just throwing that one out there, Nate. If you want to throw the ball a little bit downfield, <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at you. Like, I'm, I'm risking turnovers there. I'm fine with it. Today's episode of Locked on Gators is brought to you by Game Time. NFL playoffs are here. If there's a game happening near you, wherever you may live, and you want to go catch it, you know, maybe, maybe your team makes the NFC championship. Maybe they make the NFC championship. Who's to say that they can't, right? If you want to go or if you want to catch Florida Gators basketball game last minute, go ahead. Game Time is the, the place for last minute ticket deals. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. That's code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 with GameTime. So download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. The last player that we're going to talk about been committed to Florida since September. We talked about him back then, but just wanted to to kind of revisit Waltez Clark out of Tampa, Florida. Uh, what's your thoughts on him as a back?
1: He's a little bit surprising. He was a kid that played defensive end coming up, got into the running back role this past year. And for a kid that's over six feet tall, he's 6'1", 6'2", he's got surprising wiggle. And he's also got the ability to make guys kind of just give up because he can really run. Usually bigger backs, especially younger ones that don't have much in terms of the breakaway speed. Waltz can run. I think he can be a feature running back at UF or anywhere else. Now it's just a matter of how much better does he get. Because, again, he was a DN mostly from what he had told me going into his sophomore year. Junior year, he's playing running back. He can play whatever. They put him at receiver. There was a play he ran a slant and made guys miss and score this past year. Good athlete. These are the kinds of kids that Urban Meyer would have loved. Who knows how Meyer would have used him on offense because he was so good at all the different motions and screen game, etc. But Clark can also be a banger inside the tackle box getting, you know, that four yard on, on the GT. Those are the kinds of plays that win games in big, in big matchups. So great, great addition because he can be really essentially more than one scholarship for you because he can play multiple roles.
0: Uh Like that you brought up GT specifically. Thank you. GT counters, one of my favorite plays in football.
1: Uh, and Florida
0: does run it, had some success. You look at the Vanderbilt game, they kind of ran it a bit. Tennessee as well. Um, but with Waltz as Clark, 2025 right now, or just looking at the 2024 running back room for Florida, you've got Montreal Johnson returning for one more year before he goes to the NFL. Cameron Carroll is coming back, and he, you know, 2022 got hurt at Tulane, didn't play the rest of the year, got hurt before the 2023 season at Florida, didn't play the entire season. So now he's coming back for one more year before he goes pro. Trayon Webb returning for his true sophomore season. Kaden Daniels, Jaden Ball returning. And then that's your scholarship room uh, for running backs in 2024, which you're one injury away from that being a pretty bad room, in my opinion. Uh, you lose Montreal, and I'm not comfortable at all in that room. But at 2025, that means the only guys you have on scholarship coming back Trayon Webb, Jaden Ball, Kaden Daniels. Is Waltez Clark someone that you look at and you go, yeah, he could probably play early in that room?
1: I think he could. He's a mature kid. He's at a program that's going against good competition, Tampa Plant. He's been successful for two years in a row, no matter where they played him at defense or offense. Yeah, and and he's been blessed with the size and speed you're looking for, Six to 200 pounds, give or take. Yeah, that's a good that's a good combination. Now the question is, how would Florida want to use it? I mean, I I don't know for sure, but again, he could do a little bit of everything, and catching the football is part of it. So, good problems to have for the Florida Gators because Walters Clark is a very good football prospect.
0: And that leads to my next question of how Florida is going to use him. He's his primary recruiter on twenty four seven Jabar Luke running back coach. Secondary recruiter, Sean Spencer, who used to be the defensive line coach. Is that? kind of an indicator, not that Florida plans on using him as a two-way player or, or flipping him back to the defensive line or anything like that, but is that a solid indicator that, hey, they might be open to that kind of playing him, maybe not both sides of the ball again, but kind of going, hey, we're going to try your running back. If that doesn't work, we're willing to move you to the defensive side, probably edge if you're running back size.
1: I would imagine that they want to have all their bases covered. Got to take a lot of versatile players in today's transfer portal era. He doesn't get a whole lot more versatile than Waltz Clark. So, yeah, I mean, he was playing edge as a sophomore. He probably plays a little bit of everything now going into his senior year. I'm sure he'll play both sides for playing high school. The only question is, does he really have a preference? He's the kind of kid for when the little bit I've been around him, I doubt it matters that much, but you have recruited him at running back. But if they ever needed him on defense, I think he's the kind of young man that would at least be open to entertaining that thought process.
0: And before I let you go, obviously, we're 11 months away from early signing period. Florida's got three commits for the 2025 class so far in Jalen Wiggins, Waltez Clark, Josiah Abdullah in that order. How do you feel about the start of this 2025 recruiting class for Florida?
1: To be honest, I think it's ahead of schedule. Florida is a state that's hard to get kids to commit early. Kids usually wait a little bit. It's not like Florida's had a lot of on-field success recently. Let's be honest. But at the same time, they're, they're not just getting guys. They got three really good ones. Florida fans should be happy. Um, there are schools out there that don't have more than like one kid committed. So, And Florida's getting kids that are nationally ranked. Kids that will be soon. Abdul will have a gazillion offers until he's done. And, is recruiting rank, he'll be a four-star when it's all said and done. They're ahead of curve, man. Um, I can't say that you or I were going to be talking about this. Neither one of us projected this. I know that. Um, yeah, man. Now it's just getting those kids on campus for the next few junior days and spring practices. Spring practice will be here before you know that. The, the last weekend of February, I'm sure they'll have some kind of press conference or something, whatever, to kick it off between now and then you need to get as many kids onto the University of Florida campus as possible if you're Billy neighborhood the state is loaded every year the 25 class inside the state of Florida is especially loaded so this is the year if you're going to make it happen do it now
0: yeah I think that's uh, key to sustained success at the University of Florida got to win the state back but thank you so much Brian this is Brian Smith locked on recruiting insider and the host of locked on Seminoles which you can. Go ahead, bash him. Talk your trash. Go ahead. He deserves it. Um, catch him all throughout the On College channel. Catch him every week on Lockdown Gators and every day with On Seminoles. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back at the absolute latest Monday. Maybe we go live after tomorrow's game against Missouri men's basketball. Maybe we go live after that, depending on the current situation for On Gators I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country NFL 33. And as always, I'll see you all next time.